I want to introduce you to folk music band Draugablik from Sweden. They play songs of Norse mythology, the Viking Age, but more intriguingly, about the Dark Ages also known as the Migration Era, a dangerous time in Europe that helped seed the Vikings, who would appear some 500 years later. Draugablik is a Huno Gothic neo-folk band, and that's in reference to the Scythian-like Huns of Asia and the Goths of ancient Scandinavia. The Gothic tribes split and around half of them banded up with the Huns to bring down the Roman Empire, but that story requires its own episode. Here's a sample of Draugablik's song Serpents in the Mist. The band was also kind enough to let us include the full song with an exclusive not yet officially released music video at the end of this show. Just click the link in the description or go to draugablit.com slash winning to hear more. That's D-R-A-U-G-A-B-L-I-K-K dot com slash winning. They're also available on any music streaming service. This was a clip from their new song, Serpents in the Mist. Stay tuned until the end of this episode to hear the entire song. Welcome back to Forbidden Knowledge News. I'm your host, Chris Matthew. Today, my guest is Billy Carson. First, a couple of announcements. If you want to advertise with us, email me, ForbiddenKnowledgeNews at gmail.com. We have unbeatable pricing for our packages or individual ad options. We work with you to produce the most effective ad possible, and we look forward to our new partnerships. Our website is ForbiddenKnowledge.news. It's also the home of the Forbidden Knowledge Network. You'll find some of your favorite podcasts from our community there. Forbidden Knowledge News is always available on Rockfin, Odyssey, Rumble, and all podcast platforms. Rockfin is going to be where you get the premium stuff. You also get all the premium content from all the wonderful creators there on Rockfin for only $10 a month. There's over 400 content creators from our community there. You can also create a free account and get access to everyone's free content, including all our regular shows. You just go to rockfin.com slash fknplus or click that link in the description to sign up. Today I want to welcome back to the show Billy Carson. He is the founder of Forbidden Knowledge, Inc., the best-selling author of the Compendium of the Emerald Tablets, and expert host on Deep Space, as well as Gaia's original series, Ancient Civilizations. He is also CEO of First Class Space Agency based in Fort Lauderdale. Billy, welcome back. How you doing? All right. Fantastic, man. I'm happy to be back, I should say, because it's been a little while, probably about a year, maybe two. I don't know. But it's always a good time when I come on your podcast. 
Yes, man. We've been looking forward to this, of course. Just like you said, it's always a good conversation. And you got so many amazing projects and so much content right now. I can't even keep up. Uh, I want to definitely discuss some of those, including your your new upcoming films like The Black Knight Satellite, The Untold Story. Uh, I also want to get your insights into some of the directions we may be headed collectively for entertainment, education, spirituality and disclosure because we're facing some major changes right now as a society and as a planet um now i want to start with some of the projects you're working on like a black knight satellite the untold story what actually brought you to want to make this film you know years ago uh, i would say probably approximately now 10 to 12 years ago i came across the black knight satellite quote-unquote conspiracy uh, just and I was researching aerospace technology, researching uh, satellite technology and things like that. I've been doing that since I was a kid. And I came across somebody mentioning this object that's been orbiting Earth for supposedly thousands of years. So I said, this is pretty interesting. I haven't heard of this before. So I started digging into it and found out it was called it was nicknamed the Black Knight. And so as I dug into it deeper and deeper, I saw that this actually was a huge story, but nobody really had any good uh perspective on it. it was just generalized information that had been passed down over time some standardized youtube videos where people are just regurgitating basic information and i decided to take a little bit of a deep dive into it and i found out this thing was really really incredible it was an incredible story uh with a lot of you know information based on facts that could be verified so then i said i have to do something on it. i have to bring this to the world in the best most professional way i could and that's when i decided to make the documentary Right on. Now, what were some of the the best sources or uh, most prevalent sources you've used to find information about this thing? Well, you know, going back to some of the original sources, which uh, the biggest source we have in the documentary, nobody's ever interviewed this guy before, uh, Duncan Lunan. Duncan Lunan is actually the journalist for Time magazine that broke the story in 1960 and the article made Time magazine. He also uh, decoded the signal because he's also into uh, astrophysics and astronomy. Uh, and he was able to decode the signal independently of other previous decodings and come up with the same scenario that this object has been orbiting the Earth for quite some time, that the location of its origins is the Boetus constellation, which is uh, pretty interesting considering the fact that the Boetus constellation is attributed to ownership by Enlil, the ancient Babylonian god Enlil on Earth. That's so interesting. Now, how far exactly out uh, is this satellite? The satellite is at Lagrange point five. So it's orbiting at the same distance as our moon. However, it's not orbiting around the equator like the moon. It's orbiting in a polar orbit. So it's actually moving around the Earth uh, pole to pole, north pole, south pole, as where the moon is orbiting around the equator. Now, what's interesting about that is if you want to be able to scan a planet or a moon and get all the data about the, you know, the topographical data, you want to get the water data, you know, liquids, you want to get information about population densities and and forest densities and all that information, you need to be orbiting in a polar orbit to get this information. And so this object was doing it long before, because in 1960, We didn't even have a satellite up there yet. Sputnik was just launched from the Russians. uh, And that was just, you know, they beat us into space with the satellite. 
But, you know, even that was rudimentary compared to what we have right now. And this thing was already in a polar orbit. We couldn't do that until more recent times. So this thing is obviously a high tech, intelligent, intelligently designed uh, object anomaly. Well, that brings me to, you know, the nature of what could have possibly put this up there. Um, do you think that it is possible that we could have had a clandestine group of our own uh, that may be part of our secret space program after pa Project Paperclip that might have put this up? Or could it be for someone else? And uh, what are your best thoughts as to the purpose of it? Yeah. Well, I think that this thing is not ours. And the reason why is because Nikola Tesla detected the same signals coming from this in the, in the early, I'm sorry, the late 1800s. And so he thought originally he might've been getting a signal from Mars. <laughs> you gotta remember there was nothing in space at the time. There were no outside sources, even on earth, we didn't even have any real frequencies going on. And he had detected this thing coming in from outside and he thought it was coming potentially from Mars, but he detected this first. Then in the 1950s, two ham radio operators detected the signal, the same exact signal and, and uh, actually, uh, you know, marked and code, coded the actual signal, what it was, what it was saying, and decoded it. Uh, so they recorded it and decoded it. And then again, we have Duncan Luna in the 1960s. So I don't think this is ours. I don't think it's a secret space program thing. I think it's actually alien, in my opinion, or some previous ancient civilization that existed on Earth, maybe in the distant past, that mm -hmm. became spacefaring before it got wiped out by some type of cataclysm. Maybe it's a remnant of the Atlanteans. We don't know. And I think that this is uh, the, the purpose of this is an all seeing eye. So if you look at the ancient Babylonian tablets, Sumerian tablets, Enlil is known to have an all seeing eye. This is where the Lord of the Rings movie took the concept of the eye of Sauron. And so, uh, you know, you could see everything going on on the planet or whatever. But this all seeing eye that Enlil had was interesting because in the actual tablets, he says some interesting things. He says he can see people all around the planet, where they are. This is his omnipotence or omniscience. This is an, his omniscience. Uh, and, and then he says that he can see the population densities. He can see the, the crop growth. Uh, he could see the clamoring humans and so forth. And when people would get too loud or too wild in one area of the planet, he would have them culled. He would have them killed off. He would dry out their crops. He would have them. He would have his people go out and spray something over their crops to dry them out so they would starve to death the first chemtrails, right? And so it was pretty interesting. So he had these, <laughs> he, had, he had this way about him. He saw human beings as just like chattel or animals mm -hmm. and he would just uh, kill them off. But he always kept an eye on what was going on on the planet at all times. And I think that this all-seeing eye is possibly in Lil's all-seeing eye. This is the Black Knight satellite. That's interesting. Now, you said that this has been the signal that's been emitted from this has been somewhat decoded. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. Well, this decoding, it breaks down. Uh, interestingly, it breaks down into words. And if you break it down from the, the frequencies into letters, you can actually create sentences out of it. And it says uh, Epsilon Botus Constellation. Some decodings at 11,000, some are at 13,000. So between 11 and 13,000 years where Boetus constellation was, Epsilon Boetus was in the sky about 13,000, 11 to 13,000 years ago, around the end of the last, the beginning or the end of the last ice age. Pretty interesting. So that means this thing potentially, potentially could be super ancient. And it could have been here for eons, watching mankind grow and develop into what we are right now. And it could be, sending information back to its creators in Epsilon 
uh, you know, and for whatever reason, maybe just to keep a, a, a maybe it's a watchdog to keep an eye on us to see when we become a spacefaring race, if we become a threat to them by taking weapons into space. There's various reasons why, you know, you'd want to keep an eye on, a, on, a, on an abandoned seed race. Now, what is the official story from NASA on this thing? Have they given any official statements? Yeah, well, they they did a flyby of this thing in 1988 with the STS-88 mission, took HD video and high-quality images and put them up on NASA.gov. They're still up there today, and they labeled them space junk. So <laughs> their, course, their statement is, it's just flying junk that knows how to obtain its own orbit and can uh, can actually even change course direction on its own at times, which it has done. But it's just junk. Man, that's incredible. Well, that's on Crazy. par for NASA. So we actually changed the tagline from Untold Story to Beyond the Signal. So it's Black Knight Satellite Beyond the Signal because it became, as you get into the documentary, it's about an hour and a half. You really, It's really about this signal and what does this signal mean and what, who is it being sent to? So we really dealt, you know, delve deep into the signal aspect of it and what it really means for humanity. So we changed the tagline to Black Knight Satellite Beyond the Signal. Uh, it just was a more appropriate, more fitting name. Right. And, um, you know, so it's uh, it's on Forbidden Knowledge TV. We aired it uh, at limited theaters. We had a, a red carpet event at, at the Imagine Movie Theater. I had it playing on a big IMAX screen, which was which was amazing. It was a, a big turnout. A lot of people came from all over the country to watch it, which was great at the, at the red carpet event. But now it's exclusively streaming on Forbidden Knowledge TV. So you can get that on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon, Fire TV, uh, the iOS App Store, the Google Play Store, or the web, Forbidden Knowledge, number four, ForbiddenKnowledge.tv, or the short version, 4BK.tv on any web browser will take you right to it. Perfect. Now, without giving too much away about this, could you maybe uh, give us a little bit of teaser about what the possibilities of this signal could mean? Well, you know, it's mankind is at a precipice right now. We're we're at a crossroads. We can go down this fork to the left to our own damnation and destruction, or we can go down to the right side of the fork and we can go towards helping to create heaven on earth. And so we're at this point in our civilization where this is whoever's watching us is very, very con concerned and, and watching to see which direction we are going to take. And this could all be a part of a multi-planetary space probe system that just monitors developing races on different planets to see which way they take. Just like we go out to the, you know, look at a National Geographic doc documentary. We go out to the wilderness. We get our hides is what we call them. Where we get our cameras, our sophisticated cameras out. We even plant cameras in dens of animals, and then we just watch and monitor them to see how they develop, see how their social groups work, see how they raise their young and everything else. Uh, and so we're doing that to animals and because we're, we're way, way more advanced than them, but we learn a lot from the anthropology. Well, the same thing is happening to us. I think these are, you know, astroanthropologists uh, potentially watching us and monitoring us to see what we're going to do with what we have. That's so fascinating. Um, now let's talk about some of the other uh, projects that you got working on. Uh, what you got coming out uh, in the near future? Oh man, there's so much stuff. Forbidden Knowledge TV is now over, has now over six thousand shows. A lot of great new content. Uh, you know, we've been working, man, burning the midnight oil. 
Uh, we have a, a great uh, list of original shows only on Forbidden Knowledge TV. We have the UFO Chronicles with Richard Dolan. Uh, I gave Eric Von Daniken what might be what might be his last TV series. It's Mysteries of the Gods with Eric Von Daniken. Uh, and yeah, and we have The Big Secret on there. Uh, we have, uh, which is a great series. We have Johnny Enoch's new series on there. Uh, there's so many shows on there. We have a new Egyptian series about adva ancient advanced technologies coming out of Egypt by Mohammed Ibrahim. Uh, my Egyptian mystery school is on there, but my brand new series, Anunnaki History, is coming out very, very soon. High level. We're talking, you know, all these shows are on the Netflix, Amazon Prime quality level, you know. And so we've really stepped our game up. And then we have another 10 new shows already filmed. Matthew LaCroix, you know, talking about ancient civilizations. My sister, Maria Redmond, who's a four-time world champion bodybuilder, doing the fit life. It's a fit life with Maria Redmond. It's not just about exercising. It's about the lifestyle of living healthy and how to go shopping, looking at the, looking at the actual uh, ingredients and, and learning how to substitute things for what how to have the right mindset, the psychology behind motivation and inspiration, and also, of course, the working out. So it's a, it's a whole process, a whole lifestyle of working out, how to live the whole thing. Uh, and we have a psychotherapist, a, a real doctor, you know, uh, Nikki uh, Shepard. She's a psychotherapist. Her show is called Mind Over Matter. And so we have all these new shows, tons and tons of new shows and content uh, that's all in post-editing right now and all scheduled to be aired. Today, we just dropped the first episode of Decoders of Truth, which I'm in. It's myself, Matthew LaCroix, Rex Bear from Leak Project, and Jay Campbell. Yeah. And so it's an esoteric show. Today's, a, today's show is about triptych designs or triptych, um, you know, at the top of the pyramids or the top of churches, you see this, this three-chamber design, which has been passed down for eons. And we talk about the power of three and what it means. And so we go into the whole uh, esoteric, you know, uh, you know, I guess, side of things and explain what it is and the similarities between them and what, what, what it links to, what the Trinity really is. It's a deep show and people are going to love it. Episode one dropped today at 4.44 p.m. on Forbidden Knowledge TV and a new episode will drop every week. That's wonderful, man. It's like a one-stop shop for all these amazing topics that, that are covered on your network. Uh, I love what you're doing. Now, let's talk about the uh, the entertainment business in general and where this is going. So many changes have been made, and it's very interesting to see where uh, Hollywood and the mainstream media have gone to in the past uh, couple of years. It, you know, Netflix is, is failing. Um, yeah. Traditional Hollywood is failing. People are not going to see movies anymore. More. And it seems like the producers of these films don't care to make quality entertainment anymore. It's all about mm, propaganda or agendas or whatever they're trying to push forward. And it's probably not even about making money for these uh, production studios anymore. It's just about yeah. what they're being told to do. And mm -hmm. people don't want to see it anymore. People want to have real entertainment. They want to see they want to hear about the truth. They want to hear about uh, things that, that have not been told to them before, all these wonderful truths that have come out in the past couple of years. They want more and more of that. We're experiencing this awakening and these crumbling of our old systems and these rebuilding of these new systems, including 
entertainment. I mean, a lot of people are change shifting what they're doing. They want to listen to podcasts. They want to see shows like yours. They want to learn. They want to learn about esoteric topics, mysteries, ufology, all these things that have kind of been hidden for years and are now becoming just blowing up on on the alternative, uh, the media side. So where do you see this going as far as where Hollywood's going and where all of these wonderful independent content creators like yourself are going? Well, you know, Hollywood is falling apart, and as it should be. Uh, is it going to completely disappear? No, I doubt it. But they will eventually evolve. They're kind of late to the game, but they're going to start realizing, wow, these independent content creators have really taken over the game. Like, we have really, we're putting the game in a chokehold right now with information, with, with content that people want, filling up niches of information where people want to really watch, you know, specific types of things. And so they're starting to scratch their heads and go, man, we, we're spending $100 million on a movie over here, and we might not even, you know, get half of that back. Our investors are losing. Everybody's losing. Um, it's taking, you know, it's going to take twice as much time to get our money back on this, on this project. And so what you're going to see is this gradual shift in Hollywood to picking up smaller projects from independent creators and then giving them deals, bringing it in, giving it a decent budget, but not over-budgeting it. They're going to start finding ways to cut the fat also. Um, you know, this is something, this is just a part of the evolution. It's either evolve or drop dead, you know what I'm saying, in entertainment. And so eventually they're going to realize, man, these content creators, I'm sitting here with a microphone at, you know, at my house. I'm not in a studio. Mm. I don't have a camera crew around me right now. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, I mean, obviously, from some of the stuff I produce, we have to have the highest quality available. But we right. bring in an independent crew to come in and set up. We don't, I'm not going and renting a studio for $100,000 a day, right? And so they're going to start to realize, wait a minute, these independent content creators, they may have figured something out. They're using uh, new technology to help cut the cost. They found ways to cut the fat and streamline things and reduce all their overhead and their burn rate and produce high quality projects almost on the same level we're at for like one-tenth of the cost, and so they're going to start, you're going to start to see a big shift, I think, in uh, a lot of the Hollywood stuff eventually, maybe not right away, but eventually they will. Some of these big producers are going to start to change up the way that they're doing these, these documentaries, these movies and whatever else, whatever projects they work, TV shows, and they're going to switch it up a little bit. The other thing is everything is moving towards streaming. Now, yeah, Netflix is failing. And the reason why Netflix is failing, they're too fat. You know, look at a TV network like mine's, all the fat is trimmed. You know, we have a uh, we have enough staff on our team to make it happen, but we're not overstaffed. A company like Netflix overstaffed, you know, too many people got their hands in the pot. People taking home, you know, one plus two million dollar, maybe even more uh, salaries, uh, you know, uh, editors getting paid two, three hundred thousand dollars a year to edit shows. Just ridiculous. It's like old. it's like the old school military when, you know, back in the day. I remember when I was a kid, I found out that the military would buy a hammer from you for like $100 or some dumb thing like that, you know? So it's the same old story. They're, 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 they think the money's unlimited, but they're coming to the realization, oh, wait a minute, this money's not unlimited. And not only is it not unlimited, these people will jump off of here because once they watch a certain specific range of content that they vibe with, that's it. It's over. And if there's nothing else coming out in that genre, they're just going to cancel it. And then when you keep raising the prices and not putting anything that they want to see, they're just going to cancel it. And so, you know, we, what we've done is we found a way to say, look, this is niche content that people want. We know the knowledge business is the new cool. 
And this is where we're at. We're in the knowledge business. Everybody wants knowledge now. That's where everything is turning to. And on these other platforms, there's just a whole bunch of hoopla and garbage and low production, low quality production stuff. Or you're watching the same. People are sharing the same productions back and forth, you know, stuff from the 1990s and the 2000s. They, Netflix has it for a little while, then it goes to Prime, then it comes back to Net. There's nothing really new out there coming on their platforms. They have a few originals that they put out, but they're not really producing stuff at an at a, at a expeditious level. And so when you can find a, a, a company like ours that's putting out a consistent flow of knowledge all the time, people get on that. They want to stay on it. But these other big platforms, they got to find a way to switch up. Right now, they're just juggling back and forth the same old junk nonstop. Boom, boom, boom. It's over here for a few weeks. Oh, it's over here. For, and yeah. people, are, they're catching on. And you're raising the prices. So you're going to see that uh, some of these companies like Netflix, they're going to start having to cut the fat and drop their prices if they want to keep their market share. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. You mentioned the cancel culture. Uh, does this worry you uh, to the extent where this could go? Because, I mean, they've, they've started to cancel things that I don't even understand. That doesn't even make sense. That doesn't even seem like it would be, you know, uh, on their radar, really. You know, some esoteric topics, uh, paranormal things. It's like, why are you guys censoring this stuff? It, it makes you scratch your head. Are you worried about where that's going and, and where with the possibilities of that kind of um, impending on us or keeping us from, from expanding what we're doing? Yeah, I'm not really worried about it too much. As long as we continue to become our own solutions providers, our own platforms. I have my own platform. I have my own social media app. I have my own uh, you know, video uh, platform. And I'm creating my own YouTube type platform. I had one before, but it wasn't set up exactly the way I wanted it. So I'm rebuilding it right now. So I can have my own YouTube, my own version of YouTube. It'll be called something else. And so as long as we continue to become solutions providers and set up our own platforms so that we control the content, we control what's going to be suppressed and not suppressed. We control what they can't take away, what they can't take away. You know, we actually control it ourselves. Uh, so we don't have, our, we're not going to obviously, you know, we're not going to suppress our own information. So I think it's all about becoming our own solutions providers or joining up or linking up with people that are helping to provide these alternative solutions so that we can keep putting the knowledge out. Check out our friend, Nina the Mystic. She's a spiritual advisor who offers intuitive tarot, oracle card readings, and consultations. Some of her summer specials include any order over $50, and you're going to get a free guided Anta Karana meditation. You can also get 25% off a 60-minute reading and consultation. And be sure to use coupon code SUMMER25 at checkout. Any order over $99, and you're going to get a free email reading. Nina also produces YouTube videos with several live shows per week offering free weekly pick-a-card readings, Friday night Q&A, and a weekly variety show called Sunday Live with a variety of guests and topics. And if you would like to be a guest, contact Nina today. Just click the link in the description or visit ninathemystic.net to learn more. Yeah, 100%. Um, where do you see this taking the education, uh, the education system. I, we know that the education system up until now has been mainly indoctrination and creating yeah. um, good little slaves to go out and, and into the workforce. Um, mm -hmm. 
slowly but surely, people are, I believe, realizing this. I mean, we're like I said, we're experiencing this mass awakening where so much is changing, and people are mm-hmm. are making changes to kind of suit what they're what they're finding out about reality. And a lot of parents are taking their children out of schools and homeschooling, and I think that's yeah. going to be a big part of our future. But also, like you said, your your shows are in the business of of knowledge and education. And uh, so are a lot of content creators right now. And I think that's going to be a new trend, like you said, going into this new age of Aquarius, where more people are going to be want real knowledge and truth and not that just this indoctrination that we've been uh, fed. Right. Absolutely. No doubt. I mean, one of the things we're working on now is accreditation so we can start doing homeschooling like we could provide actual homeschooling for uh, grade schoolers. That's one of the things we have on our our chart for the future that you'll be able to homeschool your child and get accreditation, proper accreditation on forbidden knowledge. And so, you know, even in the metaverse, we're going to build a forbidden college in the metaverse. Since the people are going to go in there anyway, we're not just going to sit back and kick up our feet and complain about it mm-hmm. and, let, and watch the world burn. We're going to go into the metaverse and we're going to bring them back out with the knowledge. We're going to bring the knowledge wherever you are. And so I think it's important that, especially with all the Crazy, I call them remote control shootings that are happening because I think these people mm-hmm. are remote controlled. That's just my oh, personal yeah. opinion. I think they're in, they find, I think that they, you know, the three letter agencies, they find people susceptible to fanaticism and then they nudge them in a particular direction with whatever techniques and technologies that they have to get them to do what they want them to do. Uh, but, uh, you know, every time you, every time you take your kid and drop them off at school and kiss them goodbye, that might be the last time you see them. Uh, and so a lot more people are going to want to start bringing, keeping their kids at home. We proved to ourselves as a global community that we can actually stay home and still get things done. And when that whole situation happened around the planet. Right. So we know that we can do it. It's not a question of if, if we can do it. We know we can. If I if I can provide something that can make it easier for you where you can sit your kid down in front of uh, one of our networks and get all the schooling and everything else and get the homework and everything, all the stuff that they need, they need to get done to make it accredited. So we're working on that now. And uh, also, I'm going to be launching a forbidden business school in the future as well. This is for people who want to, you know, learn about how to run a successful open up and run a business, but accredited business school, just like you can go to any other business school at any other uh, college or school or university working on that as well. Just trying to find more ways to as people are going to evolve more towards wanting to stay and work from home to find and reach them right where they are at home. Right on. Now, we've reached an extremely critical time in our human history. I think it's one of the most important and critical times uh, in, in a long time, in maybe thousands and thousands of years of our human history, where we've reached a point where uh, we have to make some critical decisions about our future, and there's a lot of potential disasters looming as far as economic crash, uh, social unrest, division, things that are being, uh, like you said, kind of manipulated and forced upon us to, to, to for a desired outcome of whatever you want to call the globalists or the elites uh, for their new utopian world. And the new world would be basically enslavement for us. Uh, but I do see that a lot of people are, are bucking up against this and like i said it's a very very important time uh that we've reached right now uh now where do you see this kind of going in the next say five years do you see that we're gonna have 
uh, an economic crash where uh, our dollar is going to take a serious dive and we may be in trouble for, you know, a good bit of time before things get any better. Yeah. Well, I kind of see it happening right now. I mean, obviously, the dollar yeah. and the inflation is so crazy. Uh, this is a plan. These things, people need to understand that these are planned events. This is not happening by just happenstance because Russia did this and Ukraine did that and all this other kind of stuff. These things are actually worked out far in advance beyond the, the conceptual understanding of an average person, the way they perceive the world. It's so vast and it engulfs so much that they can't even perceive what's really going on. These are master plans. These are master plans that are pre-planned sometimes hundreds of years in advance. And so every so many years, uh, you're going to find at least once a decade, there's going to be a collapse of some sort. You had a 20 to, uh, the 2000 thing, you know, where, oh, wherever 2000, the whole world's going to shut down. Computers are going to crash and everything else. Right. Then you had the 2012, uh, you know, you have, don't forget the 2008 real estate market crash. Then you had the 2012 scare. You know, then you had the uh, Ebola and the swine flu scared. And now you have this one that's coming that we just had. And so and, and then there's going to be another one. Now we're in this kind of collapse because of these wars that are going on. And then after this kind of seems like it's starting to get a little bit better and clear up, something else is coming. And so people need to understand that this is part of the regular cycle. And because it's part of the regular cycle, you got to find workarounds. You have to find a way to navigate through this matrix that they they got us in. And you need, you need to be able to prepare yourself for the next situation. I learned my lesson after uh, 2008. When that collapsed, I was a multimillionaire at that 2008 real estate collapse. But I had all my eggs in one basket. I literally had all my money in real estate. I almost went back to zero. Almost. But I definitely lost my multimillion dollar status. And at the, when that happened, I realized something. I said, hmm. This is a cycle that keeps happening. Now, this is the fourth time in my lifetime at that moment that I've seen this rise and fall of and collapse of, of the economy. I said, it's, it'll be shame on me if I let this happen to myself again. So I started preparing immediately for the next one when I realized, when I had that epiphany. And so when this next one came, which was this, uh, uh, not really the 2012 didn't have a heavy, huge economic effect, but when this next one that we just got through, which is we're still kind of halfway out of, came, I was more than prepared for it. And so people need to focus on understanding what things to cut out of, cut out of their lives, what things they can utilize to invest into, into uh, like, you know, uh, a whole life insurance policies, index savings accounts so that you can actually, uh, you know, move money around tax free and access money from a life insurance policy without having to, uh, you know, and loan yourself. You can loan yourself money without having to go to a bank. You can loan yourself your own money from your own policy and then pay it back, uh, you know, in your, at your leisure. Things like this. A lot of stuff I teach them in my books, knowing how to save and invest the right way to prepare yourself for the next situation and cutting out things out of your life that you don't need, like smoking weed and going to clubs and hanging out and, and, and buying stuff that you can't really afford and just to look good. Things like that got to be cut out and turn that money back into investments. I don't recommend really too much savings accounts because savings accounts are just a way to lose money, in my opinion. And to be ready for what's happening. This is a cycle that's going to continue to happen now. We're heading into the age of Aquarius very soon. 2025 is when it officially hits, I believe. And so this, like I said, we're at this crossroad. We can literally go down this one road and unite as a species on this planet. We have to make a conscious decision at some point that we're not going to fall for this divide and conquer anymore, that we're not going to allow the police brutality. We're not going to allow these fake wars to keep continuing. 
for, for rich men to get more rich. Well, at some point, the the officers, the 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 the, the, um, the military guys, you know, these kids that are sent out on the front lines to die for somebody else's pockets, the citizens of the planet are all got to come together and say, no, this is the end, guys. We're going to because if we don't do that, they will keep their boot on our neck, on our global necks. And the way that things are going now, you know, with the way that the, the research is going into healthcare and, and uh, life extension with stem cells and telomere research, if we don't take back control of this planet, eventually they're going to sell us time. We got to do something, man, pretty quick. Yeah. And you mentioned healthcare. That's another thing that I want to get your take on because we've another thing we've rec- recently learned about is the corruption of our medical system and for- pharmaceutical system and how it's all about just keeping lifelong customers. It's not about making anyone better or anyone healthy. In fact, it's quite the opposite. And we found out recently that uh, a lot of these major diseases uh, that you get medications for, you will probably die from the medication before you die from any of these diseases which is incredible and we're you know we're learning a lot about terrain theory and the nature of germs to begin with and things are changing people are realizing this is another huge deception and it's something a deception that's been killing people for for many many years uh do you see this the future of healthcare kind of getting better or changing yeah, it's all going to be based on how much education we continue to put out. And I'm glad you asked this question. The third leading cause of death. Listen, listen this is a huge number. The third leading cause of death is going to the doctor. <laughs> That's an actual stat that anybody can look up. That's a massive, massive number. And that's why they call it a practice. It's a medical practice. They don't know what the heck they're doing. They're practicing on you. A lot of the time, they're giving you stuff that they can't, they don't even know themselves, haven't researched it. They just said, look, if I give this to this guy, I get a billing code. That billing code puts money in my bank account. That money in my bank account pays for my Mercedes and my mortgage, and I can go on a vacation twice a year. So, hey, if they, if they make it, they make it. If they don't make it, they don't make it. I'm going to still go home and kiss my babies. This is the mindset of a lot of these doctors, not all of them, but a lot of them. And they've been indoctrinated into that system. And, at the, you know, they take that off, but they really could care less. It's all about putting money in their pockets. You look at the cancer, you know, this whole pink, 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 pink. We're going to we're going to fight breast cancer. We're going to fight cancer. I don't use, I don't do the pink stuff and the pink shoes and the pink this and that anymore for the breast cancer. I don't support any of this cancer research at all anymore because it's been literally decades. It's been about 70 years. They've taken in trillions of combined dollars for cancer research and they're still giving you chemotherapy and they're still killing you with the chemotherapy and uh, making every last penny they can off you with all these radiations and and all these therapies that do nothing but help speed up the death process and down to your last second they even get money on the morphine that they inject into your body to make you more comfortable and so this whole thing is all about uh, killing you slowly and draining the financial system, the financial health system as you're dying. It's not about curing because I guarantee you, if somebody walks up to me and gives me $1 billion to research and fix and fight cancer, I'm going to come up with at least one cure for one type of cancer within 10 years. I guarantee it. But the money is going into the pockets of these big wigs and these big $2,000 suit people. And they're taking home these huge, humongous paychecks, 15, $20 million salaries. None of the money is really going into research. They're giving us small grants here and there. And they got these doctors are all around the world strung along with just enough to do a little bit of work 
But at the end of the day, they keep giving them what's going to kill the patient. And at the end of the day, a lot of these doctors, they really don't, you know, they say, hey, that's a billing code. I can make money. So we're at this point now with this the, the healthcare system is all about how much can I drain the healthcare system for? So here's the solution to the problem. We have to take capitalism out of healthcare. If you don't do that, we're going to have the same problem over and over again. The pharmaceutical companies and doctors are going to be killing people like you won't believe. Until we take capitalism out of the healthcare system, this is the problem we're going to have. It's going to be all about draining and you know, making money off of medicines and, and therapies that don't work. And also, if you look at any other system that is abusing or creating, you know, creating egregious acts against mankind, like the, uh, the prison system, right? The education system, uh, all these systems, you have to remove capitalism. If you take the capitalism away, all of a sudden you'll find all these cures and all these solutions to real problems. So just start popping up left and right because there's no money in stretching it out. The longer you stretch it out, the more money you drain from your own bank account or from your government account, wherever you want to call it. Right. And so that pot's going to get empty if we drag, if we drag this up. We got to fix these people. And we got to get them out going out so they're back in this uh, in, in society and they can actually help out the situation by, you know, being prosperous and working and do whatever they do to 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 give back to society instead of just stringing them along until they die. So you take away the capitalism. All of a sudden, people start getting healthy again. People stop getting fed opioids. People stop getting fed all these other medicines that just do nothing but string them out and get them addicted and then and then eventually kill them. So uh, and also a lot of the errors that doctors make because they try to add more billing codes to a uh, to a medical uh, patient. So they start doing all these extra things that the person really doesn't even need uh, just because they can max out what they can get on one person. Take away the capitalism. All of a sudden, a lot of the problems fix themselves. Yeah. And uh, they, they hit you from all angles. Another um, another era area that we need to reboot is our food processing industry and the, the food industry altogether really we've been poisoned by them and now uh they're causing um shortages basically they're they're blowing yeah. up and destroying these food processing plants and it's really an illusion of scarcity we really don't have scarcity at all on this on this planet but they want us to think that we have to rely on them and daddy government in order to feed ourselves and be healthy and take care of ourselves and that's another thing that needs to be uh, eradicated before we start anew is our food processing and in food industries oh for sure I've been around the world so many times now, you know, and I just kind of back, I just got back two days ago from the UK. Every country I go to outside of the US, they have banned GMOs. They have banned processed food in the majority of the countries I have been to. Uh, and when I went to Peru, cancer almost is non-existent there, almost non-existent. They actually get shocked when somebody gets cancer. And so, uh, you know, somebody that was born there and grew up there. <clears throat> so. What does this mean? It's the food. Like you say, it's the food that's poisoning us. They're killing us with the, with, the, with the food that we're buying. We're giving them money. We're paying them to kill us and our kids. Uh, and by this method, they found a way to uh, create a lot of revenue and uh, shorten our lifespan at the same time so that we don't have, we can't live long enough to, and, 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 and sharp enough because of the food poisoning gives us called the brain fog. We can't live long enough to become enlightened. We can't realize the true power we have because we spend our whole life slaving away to put food on the table because it's so expensive. And then what we do put on the table is poison, which gives us brain fog and lowers our IQs. And then by the time, 
you know, you, you turn 65, 70 years old, 80 years old, people are checking out really fast now. And so this is the system that they have us on. But we have to take back control of this planet so we can take back control of what we're putting into our bodies and our kids' bodies. I remember when Obama got elected into office, he campaigned on the fact that he was going to uh, ban or label, force label GMOs. You know what he did when he got in office? He hired Monsanto and put him at the head of the FDA. You see? Yeah. So this whole, it's all poly tricks. It's all poly tricks. It's all tricks, man. They make so much money. Obama went into office with a fake $3 million net worth. When he left, he had a real $100 million net worth. How did he do that? Submarine money, side deals, all these side deals, all these constituent deals that he did, they do, all these payoffs that they take, yeah. you know, and it's all about enriching themselves. And the people would just chattel to them. We have to realize that stop putting faith in these presidents. Stop putting faith in these political systems. We have to put faith in ourselves and we have to unite as one joint front and say, guys, we're going to organize ourselves. There's eight billion of us and there's only 100 of them. How in the world are we letting 100 people control what 8 billion people smell, hear, feel, touch, smell, taste? What kind of poison are we putting in our body? How we can, can and can't cure ourselves and how they can rob our financial and, our, and, our, and our, um, you know, our prosperity for generations ahead of time before they even arrive on the planet. They already have already stole futures. Yeah. They're taking away the legacy of so many people. People this, this year that I personally know were looking forward to retiring this summer. Their entire accounts, retirement accounts are wiped clean. They have nothing left. They have to still continue to work now until this thing comes back. These people that's, that create these shortages and these fake shortages and all this fake scarcity, they make billions of dollars off this fake scarcity. And people say, well, how can they do that? Well, they're playing the markets, but they're doing option calls. They're doing puts and calls on stock options. They're also doing future options calls and puts on things like uh, fuel and coffee and other things like baby's milk and stuff. Yeah. So what they're doing is they set up this fake scarcity. They drive the prices up. They create, cause stock markets to crash and they make money on the rise and fall of both. They double dip and they make trillions of dollars, you know, globally and at the expense of 8 billion people that are sitting around scratching their heads trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah, it's it's incredible. Um, one thing I am hopeful about is uh, I talk to a lot of people like yourself that are independent media content creators, uh, people that also talk to a bunch of people themselves. And to me, it seems that the people like us that are in the right side of history that are uh, free thinking, that are uh, n not mentally ill, uh, seem to be the majority here. And we'll never find that out from the mainstream. They don't want us to know that uh, the, the free thinkers are the majority. Um, but it, it, I am hopeful that a bunch of us are starting our own systems right now. We're starting our oh, own yeah. farms. Oh, we're starting our yeah, own exactly. sustainable communities, even businesses, entertainment. So we're already starting to build this these kind of systems for ourselves awaiting the crash. And that's what I'm, I'm hopeful about. Oh, absolutely. You're, you're right on the point. I mean, you're right on point. So what was happening now is a lot of us are already creating these solutions. Now, it's just a, we're like, I don't, don't want to put us up too high, but we're like beacons of light. So a person in the distance that's a free thinker can see that light and go, oh, I'm a, and they can be attracted to where we are. They can come to what we're doing and then they can partake or they can participate with us and then help share more information. So it's like the old saying,
saying, you know, a candle can light a thousand candles without losing its own light. And so we have to be that light. We have to be that beacon for people so they can say, hey, I'm not alone. There's somebody thinking like me over here. Let me go see what they're up to and how can I participate? How can I help? How can I join in? How can I help share this information? And as long as we keep doing what we're doing and what you're doing, man, I'm telling you, it's going to continue to grow. It's a consciousness positive virus that we're spreading around the planet. And over a time now, it seems like it's going slow and some, sometimes because we live so short. But honestly, it's actually moving pretty fast. And we're going to be at the point where there'll be enough people conscious and, and linked up together and all these different platforms we've all created where we'll have enough power to, to create the future that we really, really want. Yes, man. That's uh, that's very hopeful for for me to look forward to something like that. Yeah. Um, I want to get into your take on something that's been occurring since probably 2017 with the New York Times uh, article about the the Tic Tac UFO. It's this kind of mainstream disclosure movement from our mainstream media, government, Pentagon, and and these uh, kind of entities that I wouldn't trust with anything because they don't have the best track record of telling the truth about anything at all. So why would I trust them about UFOs? But it is interesting that, you know, the timing and why now and why are they are they expressing this interest? And they are putting individuals that are former intelligence into the UFO community to kind of spread this agenda and the information that they they want us to hear. And it seems to be being portrayed as some some sort of a threat. Um, and I want to get your take on that. What do you think is going on from our mainstream entities when it comes to disclosure? It's all about follow the money, <laughs> follow the money. So you look at the history and the track record of UFOs engaging military bases uh, in the past. And we have a lot of um, credible witnesses, people that actually have the nuclear codes, former military that worked at nuclear silos, nuclear missile silos. These officers, not only the officers, but the people that actually activate and deactivate the codes in the nukes have testified saying that. UFOs have showed up at these bases. They call them flights. They call them flights. It's a technical term for them. They've shown up at these flights, which can be way out in the middle of nowhere, 150 miles away from everything, right, where they have these silos hidden away. And uh, they've de- these, these UFOs deactivate the nukes in broad daylight. They even have a protocol that they, that they said they had to follow when these things showed up. So in terms of hiding from them or staying inside the silo and closing down and waiting till the activity, they call it activity has stopped and so forth and so on. And so we have that. This is back in the 2000s, early 2000s. This was happening. These people were coming forward, these former military. Now we fast forward into the current era and we have we have active military being allowed now to state that they have encountered these UFOs in the or now they're calling them UAPs and that they, you know, they're out, out maneuvering them. I mean, recently they just had a, um, a, a congressional hearing where they were talking about the fact that they had a clear uh, misses, close misses, I'm sorry, with 11 of these things, almost had impacts with them uh, in the sky. And so the agenda really to me is the reason why they're pumping it up, they've changed the name, they want to control narrative, number one. Now they're bringing forth the information in a way that they want the public to perceive it. The next thing you're going to hear is that uh, one of these things probably attacked one of our cruise ships. Another Gulf of Tonkin incident, if you remember the Gulf of Tonkin, it was a fake lie used to start the whole Vietnamese War, yeah. which later came out that the whole thing was fake. It never even happened. 
And this is the same situation I think we're doing. So we have the Space Force now. So now they can siphon trillions of dollars out of the budget into the Space Force. It doesn't have to go to the black budget anymore. They can say, oh, we got we need to defense in space. So now we're going to let you know we're siphoning this money. You don't got to bug us about where it's going anymore. It's going to the Space Force because, you see, we've pretty much took over every planet on the uh, every country on the planet. We've already brought democracy to the world. Everybody looks like Beirut now. And so there's nothing left to destroy. Okay, there's pretty much almost nothing left that we can actually go and and pumble for 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 war profits. So now we got to take it to the next level. We got to go to space. That's what they're thinking. So what do we do? We have one of these UAPs that we created ourselves, you know, shoot at one of our warships, maybe even hit one, uh, maybe even one that's going to be decommissioned. We don't even know out here. We have no clue what these things, are, you know, these ships are, or Navy ships are, these vessels are. It could be an ancient one. They could be blowing it up, blowing up something that's not even in use anymore. But regardless, they hit one. Now, all of a sudden, the world unites against, with you know, hey, we got to give you guys got to create a space, you know, build this space force, take all these weapons into space to protect us against all these outside things. I don't think these beings are here to kill us because they would have done it a long time ago. I don't think they're going to shoot at us either with any kind of laser beam or any kind of gun because that's too antiquated. If I was an advanced civilization that was a million years ahead, potentially, of another race, if I could travel from star to star, but faster than the speed of light, uh, probably using warp drives or whatever the heck they're using, I don't think I would come here and say, if I want this planet, I would just release something in the atmosphere and watch everybody die and don't destroy anything. Come down, clean up the mess, and then start fresh again. You know, And some of these civilizations are so advanced, they don't even have to clean up the mess. All they have to do is remove the atoms, remove the empty space from the atoms for whatever they don't want. So at, atoms are 99.999% empty space. If I want to just wipe out a whole city, I just remove the space and the atoms uh, of what that city structure is, and I have nothing left there, just the just the terrain. So there's these people are you got to think of an advanced species, how they would think. They wouldn't think we're going to come guns and blazing and laser beams and all this kind of crazy stuff. It's not going to happen that way. What's going to happen is we're going to fake it on our own selves with a false flag attack, and then uh, it's going to be a situation where, where where the military justifies, you know, trillions of dollars going into space weapons just to keep money coming in for the war machine. Right. And man, I hear this, this kind of uh, theory from many, many people. And it's it's very plausible that they would fake uh, this type of ET invasion to to get that narrative going. Uh, I want to get your take on the true nature of contact and extraterrestrials. Uh, It wasn't until I had my first contact experience that I got a better understanding of what was going on. Um, you know, I used to uh, question the narratives of, you know, are they are they a threat? Are they coming here to stick things in our butts and, and, and mutilate our cattle? But I have a much different understanding of it now, and from 90% of the contactees and experiencers that I've spoken with and interviewed and counting my own experience, they have been extremely positive. Uh, it's usually causes people to seek better for themselves to speak more seek more spirituality to seek more knowledge and better things in their lives my contact experience uh, what i consider i got in touch with my spirit guides the first thing they told me to do was to heal childhood traumas and i was able to and it's incredible the kind of love and 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 beauty and experience uh, that these kind of contact uh, experiences bring to people and i don't see any negativity in i'd say 
most of these contact experiences that I've heard. Uh, what are your thoughts on that and the true nature of uh, these experiences that people are having with uh, extraterrestrials? It's pretty interesting. There's now millions of contact experiences. So like they say in America, if you have enough circumstantial evidence, you can actually convict somebody, right? Well, there's enough circumstantial evidence of these contact experiences because they go back for decades and there's literally now millions of them. When millions of people are coming back with a similar story, you have to pay attention. This is not an anomaly anymore. It's actually something that's really happening. And it's, uh, it's a situation where I think that there's all different types of beings in the universe. I think that there's physical beings and corporeal bodies just like us. I believe that there's um, beings that could exist uh, multidimensional. In other words, they know how to walk up into and walk down from other dimensions into this dimension. Uh, Both talks about that in the Emerald Tablets. It's an ancient text that was discovered uh, 36,000 years ago, but originated from the land of Chem, which is now ancient Egypt, which is now Egypt. Uh, but also, I believe that there could be these um, other beings that could be you know, beings from higher realms or higher dimensions that can interact with us in ways without corporeal bodies. Uh, so there's all these different types of beings and, or life that exist in various different forms, and we're experiencing them in various different ways. And the majority of these contact situations have not turned out negative. Now, some people have had some really strange and uh, I would say maybe for them, scary situations. But overall, if you look at the percentage of Non, non-threatening versus threatening, it seems that the vast majority, the vast majority are always non-threatening, which is pretty interesting. Uh, now, it's also the way a person perceives it as if it's threatening or not, because there has been some probing and some things like that going on. We know that there are mm. some actual cases uh, where people have come out with that, but the people are still here and we're, we're still alive and still able to function in society. It's just a matter of what is it? Now, it's a real big question. It's a tough question to answer. Who are they? What are they? What do they want? I think it's multi races from different from third dimension and higher, even higher densities that are engaging mankind at various different time frames and various different uh, places on the planet. And I believe that uh, some of these experiences are designed to nudge us in a direction to help us find out our true our true worth, who we truly are on the inside. In other words, the nature, the divine nature that we have so we can supersede and grow past and beyond the limitations, the fake limitations that we set for ourselves. I think ultimately the majority of them have that exact goal. Yes, it's for our uh, consciousness and spiritual evolution, it seems. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, that's incredible. Uh, do you see that with everyone that you speak to in this field and, and all the contactees that you've spoken to, do you see this happening more often lately? Yeah, things seem to be increasing lately. Uh, there's a lot, of, there's a heavy increase in everything. Sightings have increased, uh, contacts have increased. Now, I don't know if it's increased because we have more technology and information is traveling faster than the speed of light in terms of, you know, you got cell phones and tablets. Now, nobody's even watching the news anymore. Everything goes right up on the social media platforms or online in some way. Uh, I don't know if it's because more people are reporting now through their tablets and their phones, or if it is an actual increase. But we, we, have to say, we have to say it's an increase because we're getting more reports uh, of what's going on. And so there's definitely something happening here that's trying to, in my opinion, like I said, that fork in the road, trying to make us go down this one, this, this road here to where we create heaven on earth and nudging us away from this damnation road, you know. And so it's just it's just really clear to see. It's like it's just trying to help us move us in a direction 
where we can become a, a prosperous and where we can actually, you know, create and build legacy for future generations on this planet. Yeah, we live in, I think, uh, some some of the most incredible times, very important times. To close on tonight, I want to get your thoughts on the possibilities that we could be facing a, a major cataclysm that could be cosmic in nature in our lifetime. We know that we've been reset multiple times and humanity has had amnesia because of these cosmic cataclysms, whether they're uh, meteors or asteroids or some other kind of, you know, CME or sun-based type of uh, explosion or anything like that, that it could eliminate a good portion of life on the planet and technology and we would never know what, what came before it. Uh, and there's a lot that speculate that we could be headed towards something else. And I know you've done some research into this very thing and the possibility that we could face something major within our lifetime coming from space. Yeah, yeah. That's a huge possibility. I mean, in 2010, I started a project called Fort Terra Nova. And Fort Terra Nova is an underground city that I built. It was a $20 million project, which was completed uh, right at the beginning of 2013. And it's an underground city about the size of three Walmarts, all underground, dome structure that can uh, save the lives of 360 people for about a year underground, totally off grid. And so why did I build that? Well, I built that because I was researching cataclysms. <laughs> and I began to realize that we are living in a, in a very small window uh, where we're, we've been able to allow to expand and grow to where we are right now, but that we're actually we are actually overdue for a, a cataclysm, whether it's geological or whether it's um sorry localized or global, it's unknown. But there's so many things that we can be looking at in terms of a pole shift of the crust of the Earth is one, which has happened in the past. Uh, number two could be a CME, a coronal mass ejection from the sun, which you had just kind of briefly mentioned there. Uh, and or, you know, it could be other disasters like because the planet is getting so warm, that's going to increase storm uh, power like hurricanes can become category eights or tens, maybe, you know. So there's all these different variables that are, uh, you know, potentially could cause and wreak havoc on the planet and disasters. So I built that as a safe house for future generations. It can, it can last for 250 years. So obviously, I believe that there's a potential cataclysm that could and can happen. We're overdue for Yellowstone to erupt. Yellowstone is a gigantic volcano, right? It's a caldera. And if Yellowstone erupts, it will cover 90% of the United States in uh, ash. And also, the ash that goes up into the sky will drop the Earth's degree temperature by at least three degrees, which will kill the majority of the crops. So we're talking about potential extinctions we live in almost, they're around us almost every single day where we're unaware of what's, what potentially could happen. You know, even the San Andreas fault line in, uh, in, in California is overdue for its next, uh, you know, slip. And when that slips, it's a, it's a subduction plate, which means it's going to go under, not over. If it goes under, people thought that, you know, it was going to fall off the edge of California into the ocean, but it's actually going to turn into a mountain range. So there's all these things that are just on a drop of a dime can go wrong. So we just have to always be prepared to keep in mind that, you know, our time here is really limited. And anytime the earth feels like shaking us off, she can shake us off, man. So we've got to show some love so we can generate some positive karma back from this planet because this planet is conscious. This planet is a thinking, living, functioning being that has thoughts and can actually even speak. And if we, you know, come to the right frequency and we reharmonize with the earth itself, 
maybe she'll give us a little bit more time to do what we need to do here. Yeah, very well said. Uh, now to close on, uh, we know that NASA isn't going to give us any straight answers about space, right. but luckily you have a first-class space agency, and I'd sure. love for you to tell us a little bit about some of the stuff you're doing there. Yeah, yeah, thank you. So it's uh, we, we do research and development, so that's what we're up to now. I'm working on a white paper right now. A lot of the projects that we're working on, I can't go too deep into the detail but because they're kind of top secret, but we're working on one of the projects I can tell you about is a deep space communications array that uses a form of quantum entanglement, uh, which is important because if you decide one day in the, fu- in the future, we're going to go visit the rings of Saturn, right, on vacation. We're going to go all the way out to Jupiter on vacation and see the big spot and then come back. But when you're way out there, how do you send a signal back to Earth if something goes wrong? How do you get back to home base? It could take three months to send and receive a message back at the speed of light, the conventional way we have right now. So what you have to do is before you start sending out these deep space vacations, you have to send out arrays, a group of satellites that go way out into deep space and park themselves, and they're connected. Now, what they're connected to is two things. One is to each other, and the second thing is they're connected back to Earth via a quantum entanglement, a, a, a specific type of quantum entanglement that I can't go into. And so when you're out there, you don't send a message back to Earth. You send a message to the nearest array. That array will then transmit the message to Earth instantaneously, allowing also the Earth to send the message back instantaneously back to the array. The only time you have to wait is how long it takes for your message to reach the array and the array to reach back to your ship, which is going to take maybe a few minutes to a few hours. So that's one thing that we're working on right now. Uh, also, a perpetual motion device, which I have been in the works as a rudimentary, uh, a, a, a small one made, a rudimentary one made. But we're working on increasing torque so that we can get more power output than we're getting right now. And uh, it's a magnetic generator, basically. And, you know, so we're trying to find ways to generate electricity and power without having to plug things into an outlet. Because people who have electric cars and all that, it's great, don't get me wrong, but at the same time, when you plug your car in, the electricity is coming from a power plant down the street that uses gas. <laughs> so we're still using gas. So we've got to find ways to break the cord. we got to rip the cord. So we're working on ways to tear away the cord and, and go more wireless. Well, you know, the them, they, those, they don't like people developing free energy devices or things that help humanity. Uh, have you gotten any kind of pushback on any of the stuff you're doing? So far, not yet, you know, but what I'm going to do with my patents is I'm going to make them open source. Uh, that take, kind of takes away a lot of pressure off of me. Hey, everybody got it now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you go. it's not about making money. It's about freeing humanity. Right on, man. I love it. Billy, thank you so much. This was fantastic. I'm going to have all your links in the description for everybody to go check out your stuff, and we'll definitely have to do this again sometime in the near future. Hey, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. For sure. Until next time, everyone, have an excellent evening. We'll talk again tomorrow. See y'all then. Enjoy the video by Draugablin, Serpents in the Mist. of his ancestors and the temples of his gods.
Yeah.